0: But um, it's great to honor the fathers in the house um, uh, on Father's Day and great to see men of God taking their place. And sometimes it begins in a place of irresponsibility, but we believe that men are called to stand up and become fathers and become responsible in the home. And we're going to be looking at this topic of uh, not living in the place of joy, but more favor equals more responsibility very, very shortly. I'm sure they'll put it on the screen properly for us in just a moment. But um, God calls us to a position of responsibility. And there's something great about men being called to a place of responsibility. Women, do you agree? Yes. Amen. Fellas, do you agree? Yes. Amen. And uh, one of the challenges that we as a church are putting before you this coming week, one was the Saturday with Nigel Benn. that's uh, an event here on Saturday to hear from a great boxing champion. The other is going to be the event you've heard a lot about Thursday the 28th in the Coronet Cinema with Tony Anthony, a former world Kung Fu champion. And you know, I believe that God is putting before us an opportunity for us to step up, men. Amen? Only he knew that this was going to coincide in such a way. We would planned a different guest for Saturday, but now Nigel has stepped in for the Saturday and it's coinciding. And I believe that God is challenging the men to start to speak about their faith. You men need to start to get out there and start sharing the word of God with people who need to hear the word of God. You might be afraid of that, but you see your destiny is tied up in the idea of you representing your father everywhere you go. You cannot achieve your destiny except for you take responsibility for your father and his message, which is that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you, and he's risen from the dead, and he calls all men to repentance so that they might know their father who is in heaven. Amen? So guys, just to lay that with you, and I want to ask you a question. How many of you have invited someone to one of those two events? There's three, four, five, a couple of ladies, men. How many of you are willing to invite someone to come to one of those two events? The men. Come on, guys. I'm going res- to take those hands as a sign that you're taking responsibility for that. We want to see 100 men get saved. And it means that you need to start taking ownership. Get out there, start sharing. And the only way that you guarantee your friend is, that y- your friend is there is that you get there yourself. You know, the reason that so many of you are uncertain about raising your hands is because, oh, am I going to turn up? Am I not going to turn up? If you decide you're going to be there, then you can tell your friend to come along. If you're not certain yourself, then of course you're not going to invite your friend just in case you decide last lastminute.com not to come. Fellas, time to step up and take responsibility. Amen? Strong with you guys because it's still not the title on there, but it's the title in the Revival Times. Amen. Let's begin with prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of being in your house. We thank you for the favor that you've shone upon us, Lord. We thank you that you've called us to a place of intimacy with you and a place where we can begin to see your glory being revealed through us, your goodness revealed through us. Our Lord, we ask, Father, that you would just increase the favor that is on our lives. Jesus, remember that you came and you proclaimed those words, that the Spirit of God is upon you to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus, we thank you that when you spoke that, no one since has had the power to take your word back. We thank you that your word accomplishes that for which it is sent. We thank you that your word proclaimed over the millennia has called people to a place of walking in the Lord's favor. And Lord, where we're looking at our situations and we don't see your favor, we speak this word over those situations that the year of the Lord's favor has been spoken over our lives. And no power of the enemy. No weapon formed against us has the power to stand when we are under the year of the Lord's favor. And so we call our lives, we call our situations, we call the different aspects of uh, ourselves to order to the word of Christ that they would be under the year of the Lord's favor. And where there is lack, we proclaim abundance. Where there is brokenness, we proclaim wholeness. Where there is fear, we proclaim love. Where there is anxiety, we proclaim peace, because the year of the Lord's favor has been declared over us. And Lord, I thank you that today people would be set free from bondage, Lord. From the bondage to a slavery mentality, to a poverty mentality, to a, an understanding that God is always bad. We set them free from those this today. And Lord, we speak freedom to them. Lord, to release them into the abundance that you have prepared for them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Now, uh, what does favor look like? Something that we've been exploring over the past couple of weeks with this series. And it's the idea of a revelation of two important aspects of uh, the Father's character. First, it's the Father's goodness. And it's the Father's wisdom. Wisdom. Favor is experiencing the goodness of God. It's a goodness that we do not deserve. From the very moment when we receive the gift of salvation, God begins to extend his favor to us, to those who are new in him, and have really done nothing to earn it. And he does so to demonstrate how good life can be now that he is walking with us and we are walking with him. And to give us a taste of the life that he has dreamt for us over the millennia. And we begin to see major changes that happen in our lives. Freedom from the things that have kept us in bondage. Liberty to explore the glorious riches of God. And it's intended to be a journey of discovery. Perhaps you see favor in small things. Like you just get down to the platform just in time to get on the train before the doors close. That was favor. Or maybe you get to the office and the the boss is in a good mood. And you catch him in that good mood and say, I need a day off today or tomorrow. And he says, yes, no problem. Or you come to to, um, a shop and you have exact change for the item you want to buy. Or you go to buy your coffee and there's no queue. And they get to make it extra hot exactly the way you like it. Some of you might see favor in those things. And that's because God is interested in the small things. But God starts with the small things and then begins to drop big things into your lap. It might be promotion. It might be a new job. It might be receiving an inheritance. It might be new developments in your family situation. And he does that to begin to mature you in your walk with him. And if you excel in those situations that he places before you, if you do and learn the lessons that he gives you to learn, then you get moved on to opportunities which will change not just your life, but the life of the generation around you. The other aspect is the father's wisdom. God is a genius at life. Did you know that? He created it and his way guarantees that you will get the most out of life relationship with your Creator is restored you learn how to live free from sin learn how to live in right relationship with one another your destiny is before you and you have all of the resources that you need to accomplish his purpose for you that is what happens when you walk in the wisdom of God and when the wisdom of God goes to work in your life it begins to set in mind it set your mind in order it begins renewing your mind such that you have the mind of Christ it addresses the attitudes that have been corrupted by sin it looks at the areas where you've never been challenged and gives you an opportunity to grow it addresses the areas which have become unfruitful when God's wisdom begins to go to work in your life it renews and makes you fruitful in every area that it touches and the wisdom of God the way that God would have us live is revealed in the truth of His Word and brought to light by the Holy Spirit as He focuses on different areas of our life. And we're going to look at three major areas today. One is the faithfulness that God is calling us to. The second is our motivations. The third is the responsibility that comes when favor is poured out on our lives as a result of faithfulness. And really this begins in a strong foundation on the Word of God just as a side note in the molding and reshaping of our minds to be minds like christ we often come across words which are challenging to our current way of life they challenge the things that we're struggling with right now and perhaps aren't quite ready to deal with as yet you know sometimes uh, quite often times actually i hear people who are quite happy to agree with the word of god which they are already practicing but when it's an area which they have not yet yielded to the word of the lord they say I'm just going to um, have to wait to hear directly from God on this one. Have you ever said that? I just haven't caught a revelation of it as yet. Many, I think all of us should have put that hand up, our hands up at that point in time. See, the problem with that is when we pray, Lord, give me a word, we're violating the authority of the word of God already. Because the correct prayer to pray is, Lord, having seen your word that is revealed in scripture, tough as it is, Renew my mind so that I can live by your word. As difficult as it is for me right now, your word is truth, and I'm willing to submit to it, but I need your help. That's the right prayer to pray. See, when you pray this prayer, God, I need a revelation, you are one step removed from something which is going to bring you into a dynamic change in your life. But when you start to ask God, God, help me to yield and submit to your word which is already revealed, he begins to go to work in your life. And if you were willing to just accept that small change in your prayer life, you would see many of the cyclical problems that you have that keep going on and on broken off of your life because now you're no longer violating the Word of God. You're no longer keeping at a distance, but rather you're drawing near to it and allowing it to transform your life. If you need change, the Word of God is there to bring power into your life. And so to grow in favor with God and men, which was what we were exploring last week, we are to trust the Lord in His goodness... And also be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's Philippians 1 and verse 6. You know, I really am passionate about this, that we would just live from a place of joy today. No, I'm really passionate about this, that we've got to start moving beyond the daily struggle of our lives. We've got to start moving beyond the struggle and the battle with sin that we are involved in every single day. See, when you are struggling with sin, what happens is it blinds you to the goodness of God. When you're struggling every day with things that you are not dealing with by the word of God, you are in a place where you are blinded to the goodness of God. And what is it that brings you to repentance? If you cannot see God's goodness, you cannot come to a place of repentance. It is the goodness of God which leads us unto repentance. And when you struggle with sin, therefore, on a daily basis and are blinded to the goodness of God, it's easy to see why when you get to the platform, the doors close and you're not on the train it's easy to see why when you're the one that walks into the office you're the first person to come across the boss who's just been given a whole new set of deadlines and he's ready to bite somebody's head off and you just happen to walk straight by with a big smile on your face and he thinks blessed Christian I'm coming to get you maybe you're the person that is in a rush to get to your cell meeting and you get in the queue at the supermarket with your dinner and the person at the front waits until everything has been checked through, and then they start to rummage through their man bag to find their wallets to get out the cash to pay. I have jokes with my guys. Some of them carry man bags. It's easier to reach in your pocket, pull out your wallet, cash done. Ladies, of course it's your prerogative to carry purses and handbags. Continue to enjoy that. Just put your wallets at the top when you need them. Much mercy to the guys who are in the queue behind you. So today we're going to be looking at this idea, the two functions of God's goodness, the Father's goodness, and the Father's wisdom. And the core element of wisdom is this, to remain faithful to God. Remember the lessons that he's taught you along the way. You might find that it's interesting that this idea of faithfulness is such a key focus if we're going to look at the discussion on favour. And I think it's because so many of us have a wrong perception of what faithfulness is. Faithfulness communicates this sort of an idea to many people. I have committed to something, and I'm going to settle in for the long haul. This is going to be difficult. I have no control of how it's going uh, how, how to go for me. It's going to drain me. It's going to take everything that I have, but it's for God. And he kind of promises that he might reward me at the end, so I'm just going to stick it out. Any of you see a reflection of faithfulness that you believe in that? If there's any kind of a nodding in your heart that faithfulness is digging in for the long haul, then you need to renew your mind. To the cell leaders, to the stewards in the house, to people who are serving in different aspects in the ministry here, faithfulness is living life with faith in what God has done, what God can do now, and what God will do in the future. It's dynamic, it doesn't settle in and go for the long haul, it's full of opportunity full of challenge, full of growth, full of revelation. It constantly evolves as you begin to get to know God deeper. It's partnering with God, who, when you get tired, is still there. Don't lose sight of Him. You'll find that even though you're tired, you're increasing in strength, increasing in resources if you keep your attention on Him. And you will receive God's promises for you. God is not like a man. He doesn't say yes and then take the promise from you. He says yes and amen, and he gives you that which is he has promised for you in this life and in the next. Faithfulness is the dynamic life of believing God. And so if you're to walk in the wisdom of God, you need to believe in him. You need to believe his word. You need to believe that his word is best for you. Look at Abraham. Abraham, who had many challenges, but he, le- he believed God. You can explore his life experience in Genesis. But that walking in the wisdom of the Father enabled him to see increasing goodness on his life. It was so evident that his deeper walk with the Father brought many others into a revelation of God. In fact, he blesses the generations even to this day because of the faithfulness that he walked towards God in. You need that type of faithfulness, not the type of faithfulness which drags you down and tires you out. Walk in faith. We're going to begin to focus on a specific attitude that flows out of this faithfulness. To multiply favor, we are called to grow in the responsibility that matches with it. The culture of today is that we want the fame, the reward, the accolade that comes with favor without having to do any of the hard work, without taking responsibility for the role. The life in lights is so attractive, but I can tell you that it doesn't bring joy or bring happiness. The two minutes of fame that you receive, if it violates all that God has called you to do, is not worth it. And because we desire this life, the The fancy life. We set up role models and idols who are experiencing favor on their lives. But they don't have the idea of the responsibility that God associates with the position that he's given them. And so they use their influence to continue the undoing of society at its core levels. With the family, tearing apart family, promoting sexual promiscuity saying that money is something that should be positioned as God for our lives and used as God in our lives. That relationships are temporary and not intended to be eternal. That we can act in retribution, withhold forgiveness, move in hatred towards one another. And that begins to trickle down. When we fail to take hold of the responsibility that comes with our favor, then we begin to set ourselves up as bad role models. You can see it in simple ways. When you were a kid, did your parents ever say to you, you need to just go flip some burgers at McDonald's, earn some dollars? No, no, no. I'm way, way, way too good for McDonald's. That's too small for me. I'm not going to clean toilets. I'm not going to go around and hand out paper like uh, the people who do that out there with the uh, uh, evening standards or all the different flyers you have. No, 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 no. I'm way, 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 way more important than that. Well, so where do you feel that we should employ you then? Um, I'm fresh out of university, at least in a managerial role. I feel that I've uh, gained the experience that is necessary for that. And we begin to set ourselves up desiring the position that favor would give us, but without having done the hard yards to get there. You know, one of the things I would challenge you with, if you're looking for work right now, is to take the honest work that God places in front of you. Put yourself in a place where He can actually favor you. You can go from making cups of tea and carrying around cases to being PA's to the assistant uh, to the boss. You can be doing the most menial tasks, and God can take you and place you in positions of responsibility because it's His favor. Said a different way. There is an urgent need for men and women of God who have been taken through God's process. Who are ready to take responsibility for the influence that they have gained through the favor they've received from God. The responsibility that they have is to be faithful to serving God in the places that he's given them for influence. There's a parable that Jesus spoke out, Luke 19 verse 12 Therefore Jesus said, A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And so he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, Do business till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he had returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you are faithful in a very little, have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise, he said to him, You also be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Master, here is your mina, which I kept put away in a handkerchief, for I feared you because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit, and you reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, Out of your own mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank, that at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, Take the mina from him and give it to him who has ten. But they said to him, Master, he already has ten minas. For I said to you that anyone who has, to everyone that has, will be given. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. This is a challenging passage for us. Why is it a challenging passage for us? Every one of you has been given a mina. Your life is a mina. Your life is something that has been given to you by God. You've all been given the same measure of faith. And the question is, what are you doing with that measure? Some of you, I want to put a fire under your seat today. Because you're sitting back saying, I don't want to take responsibility. You know, I, I, I've tried and I've failed and I don't want to try again. I've tried you know what, I just come to church just to feel good on a Sunday. I just come to church because, you know, Monday to Saturday, my life is just so difficult that Sunday I come in to just get some peace, get some quiet, and I prefer to go to the services where they don't challenge us about the gospel. Maybe that's your attitude to a different church, because here we always challenge you about the gospel. But maybe you're refusing to take responsibility for some reason that is only known to yourself. I don't want to be a part of this race can I not just go back to enjoying life the way that I had it The problem with that is you just can't get away from the man who had one Mina and return that Mina all of us have been given a measure of faith we are called to do something with it we don't have the option to go back to God and return our life and say I did nothing with my life the only option that we have is to say God I need your favor to multiply to ten. I need your favor to multiply to five. Because I don't want to dishonor you when you come to collect that which is yours. That requires commitment. Favor is for those who commit. Who don't take what God has given them and hide it away, but rather bring it out and say, God, you know what, this looks kind of messy to me, but you want to use it? Use it. You want to bring glory to yourself through me? Then please do so. Even that is a step of commitment. Favor is for those who've committed to the Father. Why do you think that's strange, some of you? You were still a sinner, and God went all in with you. He gave his Son fully for you. He gave his best fully for you. Is it wrong that he would ask the same of you? It's 100% right that God would call us to faithfulness with him and faithfulness is grown and established through a specific process let me just outline this for you today you're gonna get a test a situation is gonna be placed before you perhaps it's something entry-level something that you might have said in the past I'm too good for this truth is you probably are but prove it are you really too good for that in the test God is going to begin to unpack your motivations what would you do if I came to you just picked you out of the service one day and said you I want you to stay behind at the end of the service and I would like you please to clean all the seats clear up all the rubbish that's left behind by you wonderful people who are in a rush to get somewhere else what would you say Gabriel don't you pay staff to do that Isn't that what the church is for? Isn't that what we give our tithes for? Shouldn't somebody else be cleaning up after us? Or would you take the responsibility for it? It might be too small for you, but you taking responsibility for it and executing it means that we can then use you in another area to step up. You see, the people who clear up the mess after you leave are the wonderful stewards and the welcome team. And sometimes you shout at them or don't greet them with a smile. That should not be so when they're serving you the way they do. The test will try your motivations and it will test your commitment. It will test your commitment to the situation. Sometimes people just give their base level instead of taking the initiative and aiming to leave the situation better than when they begun. Bring your best offering if God gives you an opportunity. You're going to face a test. Your motivations are going to be tried. Your commitment is going to be tested and you're going to be criticized. You know what you're doing? You're doing this for yourself you're wasting your time you know why? if all of you know what family is like why do you keep going to the church all the time you know why are you wasting your time with those people those Christians they just want your money Um, they don't want anything else good for you of course you know here in the church that we desire for you to grow into all that God is calling you to be but you're facing criticism and you know it why why do you insist on following Jesus why do you insist on saying Jesus is the only way don't you know there's so many other ways to God what's wrong with you you're gonna face criticism what happens on the other side see faithfulness is what carries you through that situation helps you learn all of the lessons that you need to learn and if you find yourself stuck in a situation it's because you're not learning the lesson but it takes you through all of the lessons that you need to learn to a place where favor just suddenly gets dropped on you in the kingdom economy faithfulness living a life of faith towards God attracts a reward And in this situation, we see that a man who had taken one mina and multiplied it to 10 was given responsibility for 10 cities. Why would a guy who can multiply be given responsibility over cities? Have you ever thought about that? Probably not. Why, most of you would think, why would cleaning a church... Why would helping an old lady cross the road or an old gentleman cross the road? Why would serving in the office by making people cups of tea? Why would that give me responsibility over 10 cities? Why would that put me in a place where I can serve the boss of the company? Because God is the one who elevates, not you. If you're the one who has gained your degree and gained your master's and worked for 10 years and therefore you deserve it, well, of course you do. You've earned that. But you see, God wants to take you higher through dealing with issues of your character, not dealing with you because of what you know. Me as a chemistry graduate, came and worked for Colin, our senior minister, making him cups of tea, driving his car, carrying his cases for three years. Three years. Now, I would have been arguing, God, my degree, why did I spend three years doing my degree? Shouldn't my degree get me in at this level? And I'm starting down here. But God's favor begins to work in your life. It begins to operate in your life. And this man took one mina, multiplied it to ten, and was given authority over ten cities. It takes a man of integrity to bring all of what was received back to God. Everything that you've received, God intends for you to bring it all back to him. Not minus the commission. God, you know, I've earned ten minas, so I've decided to keep back five and you can have five. God you've given me a life and I'm bringing it all back to the glory and honor of your name and that favor the favor that comes that can only come from God because of the character that he's worked in your life through the situations that he puts you through enables him to trust you with responsibility over 10 enables him to trust you with a position that you would not have earned through your efforts and if God places you there who's going to keep you there? God God, I don't have the skills, I don't have the talents to be ten, over ten cities. If God places you there, who's going to keep you there? You see, what it's about, your core responsibility, is to continue to be faithful to the Lord and what He can do in your life at that point in time with a new position that He's placed you in. Faith evolves. You've gone from a place where you were faithful with one Mina, now you can be faithful with the ten Minas, uh, or even the ten cities, and keep trusting God. What does that look like, Gabriel? It looks like someone like Daniel. We all know Daniel. He's one of those famous guys in scripture. He's one of those guys that's challenging because there's nothing evil written about Daniel throughout the whole of, of the Bible. Um, but if you read about his life, you see that he was a man that was away from his home. He had been taken captive from um, Judah and was now in Babylon where he was serving another king, King Nebuchadnezzar. How many of you are away from home? Glory. Glory. You know, maybe God has brought you here for a reason. He's taken you out away from your family so that you can be challenged and areas of your character can be exposed. Sometimes God takes us out of a comfort zone and places us in a place where he can begin to reveal the things that he's worked in our lives. And so Daniel was a man who was like you in this situation. And he was brought before the king. And the king chose him and his three friends, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, to be servants in his house as wise men. And it was said that they would all eat of the king's delicacies. But Daniel and his friends chose not to eat of the king's delicacies but rather chose to eat of vegetables and to um, honor the Lord in that way. Why were they doing so? Because they, what they were doing was saying, we are not gonna be on the payroll of the king. We're not gonna be bought by the rich delicacies that you've prepared for us. We're gonna continue to eat vegetables. We're gonna continue to believe God for his provision and sustenance in our life. And so they made that decision, they took that step and they began to receive favor. See, their cheeks were fatter than those around them who continued to eat the king's delicacies. They looked healthier for eating vegetables. I've recently discovered that when you eat vegetables, you feel healthier. It was such a revelation to me. But this, this whole test that Daniel faced was concerning food. A deep challenge for me. Sometimes you would think, the king's delicacies. I'm in a place of favor. Look at this. You know, I was at a wedding yesterday, um, a fantastic wedding with one of our, my close friends, and they served all the dinner where we were sitting, and it was all fantastic, and then everyone was on the dance floor, and I walked around the corner, and there was this table of desserts and cheese. And I went, and I stood by that cheese for a while, and I just tucked in, and, but you see, if that had been in a place where somebody was trying to buy my loyalty for them, if that had been in a place where somebody was trying to make me align myself to them, I would have made a wrong alliance. You need to have wisdom about the things that appear before you. If suddenly come, someone comes along to you and says, listen, oh, wise and brilliant one, your fame has spread across the world and we have heard how fantastic you are in the use of a computer and um, in your communication skills therefore we want to offer you an opportunity to be manager of our team in Peru you will be paid a hundred thousand pounds a year you'll be treated like a king or a queen you'll be at the top of your field in that area we go running hundred thousand pounds sure Peru awesome always wanted to go favor of God's with me But you get to Peru, there's no Christians. You get to Peru, and there's no one there that is able to support you in your faith, and you're not strong enough to go on in your faith as yet. Be careful of the doors that appear open before you that you go running after. But Daniel passed this test, a test where they tried him with food, and he was given a place in the king's house where he would be a wise man to share wisdom with him. But the character that was proved through this test began to elevate Daniel in other situations. The next opportunity that he received, having passed the first test, is that now he was tried concerning a dream. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And he said to his wise man, you have to tell me what I dreamt, and then you also have to interpret it for me. How crazy is that? I dreamt a dream, I'm not going to tell you what it is, you have to tell me what I dreamt and then you also have to interpret. But you see now Daniel was a man who passed the first test and he knew that he passed the test for one reason, he trusted in God, he walked in the goodness of God, the favor of God. He walked that path and therefore he could ask God for wisdom in this situation. Having asked God for wisdom in this situation, he had the dream. He knew the dream that the king had had. He went to him. He spoke it to him. He interpreted it for him. And that gave him a position as head over Babylon and over the wise men of the king. The position that he was given was a function of his character, not of his knowledge. See, knowledge can be attained by reading a book, but character is tried by God. And on from there, we see that Daniel began to have confrontations with powerful kings where his faith, where his commitment was tested. All of you know the story of Daniel and the lion's den when he was cast into the den for not worshipping King um, King, uh, Darius and honoring King Darius. His integrity was put on the line. But you see, the character kept shining through. The favor then kept being poured out. You see, he was sustained in the lion's den and now was given such a position in the kingdom, even in the empire, that he was second or third through the whole of his life, through different kings, bringing about a transformation to the generation. Why? Because every time a king saw Daniel's commitment to his God, he then proclaimed through the whole empire, you will worship Daniel's God. You will worship Daniel's God. And you see, they began to see throughout the land the favor that came through worshiping Daniel's God. Why don't we see more of this? Daniel, surely he was just a unique example. He doesn't count. But rather than write him off just because he was gifted, why don't we ask ourselves, are we not seeing that kind of favor because people are not passing the first test? Maybe food is placed in front of you. Maybe job opportunities placed in front of you. Maybe you have a relationship where you really believe that that partner is the one for you and yet you fall before you get to the point of actually getting married and it breaks apart. Maybe it's because you never had anyone believe in you and say that you were able, capable of stepping into all that God had prepared for you. Is it because we fail to take responsibility? Is it because we fail to keep faithful to what God has done in our lives and remember what God has done in our lives so he can take us to the next level? See, when you're willing to take responsibility, you can affect a generation around you. I just want to just back it up for one more thought for you before we bring it into a conclusion. I've talked a lot about working in the God's goodness, the Father's goodness, and the Father's wisdom. So we receive his goodness when when we walk in his wisdom. We receive his best, his favor, the riches of heaven poured out in our lives when we begin to grow in our practice of his word for us. But it'd be quite easy to forget that it's our father's goodness and our father's wisdom. And you'd easily hear, what I need to do is pass the test. What I need to do is get it right. What I need to do is practice exactly what it says, and then I'm going to get the reward that pops out the other end. But it's our Father's goodness and our Father's wisdom. And this is something that I learned personally. It's a a test that the Lord has put me through and shown personally to my heart. Is that if you take the Father out and just practice going for the goal, you are serving a spirit of excellence. You are doing something excellently because there's intrinsic value in what you are doing. And because there's intrinsic value in it, you get position because you've done it. I am the one that was holy enough to straighten all of the seats after you left the church. And we do that, even if it's serving. I am the one that was holy enough to open the door for all the people who refused to say hello to me today. But because it's value, we see that it gives us a position. But that's serving a spirit of excellence. It's our Father's goodness and it's our Father's wisdom. Sonship it's not about serving the spirit of excellence. It's because we're accepted, because we're now a part of the kingdom of God. Now we know our Father who is in heaven. We walk as sons and as daughters. We practice what our Father does. We live like our Father does. Because we know who we are in Him, we can be who He calls us to be. We are not striving to earn it by practicing excellence. We are living it out because He has already given us that position before Him. that revelation, that we are serving our Father, we're getting a revelation of His goodness, we're getting a revelation of His wisdom, brings us, as we walk through those tests and trials, to a place where we can receive more favor and therefore take more responsibility. More responsibility being continuing and accepting faithfulness in the new areas that God has given us to walk in. And as we do that, we begin to demonstrate to this generation what it is to have a father. God calls us to show the Father to a fatherless generation, one that is lost in promiscuity, addictions, that is raging against the Father in every way. He's calling us to represent him in those areas. If you still see yourself as small, if you see yourself as unable to do that, then you're fulfilling the devil's plan for your life. So your life is bigger than the walls of this place. Your life is bigger than the opportunities that you perceive in this room. Sometimes people perceive that the way to get big in the kingdom of God is to get on the platform. No, the way to get big in the kingdom of God is to serve in a place where God has placed you. Your opportunities are right there in your family, in your workplace, in your friendship groups. That's where your opportunities are. And when you begin to practice those opportunities for faithfulness to see God's goodness in your life, you can win an entire generation to God. Under the covering of the house and what we're doing here, you can begin to step out in the anointing of God for your life. See, if you look now, if you look around the room, you could probably identify people who are going to affect a generation. They're people who are serving. They're people who are taking up positions of responsibility. They're people who are giving of their time, their efforts for the kingdom of God. Will you join them? Because you're no longer just a servant or a slave. You're a son and daughter of God with a responsibility to multiply your mina to be five minas, to be ten minas. So just in summary for us today, our five key points, if you could have picked these out, hopefully they are there for you. That God is good and he wants us to walk in his goodness. That God's goodness is revealed increasingly as we walk in his wisdom. When you walk in God's wisdom, it leads to promotion. Real lessons and a revelation of who God are, are learned in the trials which go with that promotion. And the outcome of the lessons that you learn will bring a blessing to the generations that you're in and those that are to come. More favor, more responsibility, but it's your destiny. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being in your house today. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that there is a challenge to every single one of us to take what you've given us and to begin to multiply it by practicing faithfulness, by taking the opportunities you place directly before us and seeing them through to the end, through the trials of testing to a place where your favor is released in us. We thank you that as increasing favor is released in us, it also becomes available for those around us so that we can bless them so that we can see them step increasingly into a knowledge of your goodness. So Lord, we ask let your word become paramount to us. Let your wisdom drive and define us and guide us as it shapes us in our true identities as sons and daughters of God. And Lord, that we begin to see favor, goodness, revealed to those around us through our lives, that will bring you so much glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to be here with you today. And uh, just to remind you, next week is our baptism service. Always a great, great celebration. If you need to be baptized, come and join us. Two o'clock in the room behind the platform. It would be great to have you here. The welcome team here is going to be at the front. They're gonna, they'd love to meet you, help you find your place here in the church. Next service up is um, the Sermon on the Mount with Bruce Atkinson. This evening, Robert Slayden is here for the Holy Spirit Revival Service. Do remember, counselling uh, this is your last week to sign up for Counseling Level 3. And on Thursday, we have God's Generals. That's part of our evening school. Uh, So more information for you from reception. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. If you have any prayer needs, I'm sure these wonderful people would love to pray with you as well. But otherwise, enjoy the rest of your Sunday and grow in the favor of the Lord. Amen.